Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to ask a pharmacist about getting naloxone for their first aid kits at home or work. No prescription is needed. Naloxone can rapidly reverse an opioid overdose and restore breathing. Opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Thursday, September 14th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, a judge splits the case against former President Donald Trump and 18 others into at least two separate groups of defendants. The city of Macon holds its annual art and film festival celebrating members of the Muscogee Nation of Oklahoma. And for the sixth year in a row, the Atlanta Braves are National League East champions. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. There will be at least two trials in the 19-person election interference racketeering case in Georgia that includes former President Donald Trump. That's according to a judge's ruling today. GPB's Stephen Fowler reports. Two defendants, attorneys Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbro, requested speedy trials that will begin at the end of October. While the Fulton County DA's office argued the 17 other people charged in connection with attempts to overturn the 2020 election should also head the trial next month, a judge disagreed. Judge Scott McAfee said the procedural and logistical hurdles of including everyone at once were too much and split the case into at least two separate groups. Prosecutors say any trial will take at least four months. For GPB News, I'm Stephen Fowler. Researchers with the Marcus Autism Center in Atlanta are measuring eye movement in young children to help diagnose autism as early as possible. GPB's Ellen Eldridge reports. The study tested approximately 500 children between 16 and 30 months of age. An automated device monitored their eye movements to determine what the children looked at and what they did not. Warren Jones is the director of research at the Marcus Autism Center. He spoke about the study in audio provided by Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. So by measuring the way the child looks at the world, we actually see how that child sees, understands, and learns about the world. And we can provide that information to clinicians in order to guide earlier, more effective diagnosis. Jones says the goal is shortening the time between diagnosis and receiving help. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge. Delta Airlines is changing how customers earn rewards in what some are calling the company's biggest ever change for frequent flyers. The Atlanta-based airline announced new thresholds yesterday for elite statuses that come with perks like seat upgrades and fee waivers. Reporter Zach Griff of the travel industry website The Points Guy calls it a sweeping change that will make it more expensive for customers to earn rewards. And that's, of course, comes year uh, one year after already raising thresholds. Uh, they're totally re, uh, rearranging the program so that it focuses more on how much you spend as opposed to how much you fly. Delta also is drastically limiting access to its Sky Club lounges. Griff calls the changes on par with industry trends. Many Delta customers responded negatively to the news on social media. Georgia's jobless rate ticked up slightly last month, although the state's labor market remains strong. Unemployment rose to 3.3% in August. That's up from 3.2% in July. Metro Atlanta's Gwinnett County has unveiled a $17 billion plan to transform its public transit system. The proposal leans heavily on a few nationwide trends. Officials want to improve regional connections, including to Atlanta's MARTA system and Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. But China Thomas, overseeing the project, says the plan's core is a rideshare system similar to Lyft and Uber. 
we are really looking to cover the entire county with the shared ride system and for it to be paired with a rapid ride similar to a BRT. BRT stands for Bus Rapid Transit, buses with their own lanes and signal controls, giving them some of the benefits of rail without the expense. Both public transit rideshare and BRT are expanding nationwide. Gwinnett County leaders could ask voters to fund the plan through a penny sales tax that would be on the ballot during next year's general election. In Macon, the annual Okmulgee Indigenous Celebration this weekend is a homecoming for citizens of the Muscogee Nation of Oklahoma. New this year is an art and film festival featuring work by Muscogee artists. GPB's Grant Blankenship spoke with one participating filmmaker, Rebecca Lansbury-Baker. The film you made uh, with Joe Peeler is called Bad Press, and I understand it describes uh, sort of a fight between government officials from the Muscogee Nation of Oklahoma and the journalists whose job it was to cover them. Um, When those fights crop up, you know, journalists often appeal to their First Amendment rights. So how did constitutional rights play into the conflict in your film? It's such a great question because obviously we have the First Amendment, you know, protections. And for tribal media, you know, just to give you an idea of what the landscape is. So out of the 574 federally recognized tribes in the United States, only a handful of them have free press protections. There's five tribes, including the Muscogee Creek Nation, that have free press protections in the legislative form for their tribal media outlets. So that means the outlets that are funded by the tribes themselves. Under tribal sovereignty, the tribes can choose to like limit or open, you know, information to their citizens through their tribal media outlets. So that's kind of the workaround for, you know, these tribes without free press protections. And it was in November of 2018, the Muscogee Creek Nation, as I mentioned, was one of the five tribes that had free press protections at the legislative level. Well, they yanked that legislation and said, okay, we are doing away with this in emergency session. This, this, you know, very um, important piece of legislation that had established an independent tribal media, like it come like at the cost of a lot of work, lots of hours, like put into um, the tribal media outlet, you know, getting this hard fought protection. And so to see it, it ripped away in a span of 12 hours was really heartbreaking. And so I thought to myself, like, what can I do to make sure like the journalist side of this story is told? So documentaries, you know, they they often tell these really big systemic stories, but like at a very human scale, like sort of a microcosm. But what are what are the universal themes for for everyone in the nation as 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 they relate to journalism and its role in sustaining democracy? So universal themes, oh, I think there are so many too, and but I think they're very, very clear in our film and you can, and anyone that's like paying attention can like see those, you know, we talk about um, uh, validity of elections, election fraud, um, again, like voter apathy. I think the important way to look at tribal media as, is looking at it as any other like tribal service. So you're looking at healthcare with education, housing, you know, I would argue that access to news and information absolutely falls within, you know, one of those uh, hierarchy of needs for tribal citizens. Yeah, I don't know how how used we are to the idea of journalism literally as a public service, the same way you would think of as electricity or water at your home. But that's you're saying that's what this comes down to. That this is something that people have a right to, unfettered information. Yes, absolutely. That is true, I think. And like I said, it's so important because 
Um, it's the tribes, you know, it's the citizens, it's their money that are funding these, you know, other pieces of these services. So it makes a lot of sense to think about it in that public service model, because that's absolutely what it is. Rebecca Lansbury-Baker, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the film. Oh, we're so excited for folks to watch it and to be part of the festival. So thank you so much for having me. That's GPB's Grant Blankenship speaking with Rebecca Lansbury-Baker. She and Joe Peeler directed the documentary Bad Press, screening tonight at the Firestarters Film Festival in Macon, part of the Okmulgee Indigenous Celebration this weekend. I'm Peter Biello, here with my colleague Leah Fleming, who is about to step away from Morning Edition to work on a new project here at GPB. She joins us now to talk about it. Hi, Leah. Hey, Peter. So tell us about this new project. All right. So this new project really is a true public radio show. It's called Georgia in Play. And, you know, at GPB right now, we pretty much only have nationally syndicated public radio programs that are on the air. But we have 20 radio stations that are all across the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, along with management um, here at GPB, recognize that we really do need a Georgia-based program that speaks to Georgians in a very unique way, you know, with all of the national news. And, uh, and this is where the title comes from, Georgia in Play, all of the national news surrounding the 2020 election. Um, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing Georgia is now in play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not just in play politically. We're in play in so many other ways. And so, you know, I, I took the in play part and I really um, looked at that as in movement. You know, how is Georgia in movement, in transition? Uh, And so that's what this show is going to seek to do, to explore all of that. All right. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, to borrow a phrase and to change it a little bit, Georgia influences everything. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So so what are you hoping to accomplish in this show? So there are a few goals with this show. The uh, first one is to really present content and conversations in a way that unifies listeners. I miss the good old days when, you know, the public discourse, in the public discourse, we could talk Mm -hmm. and we could actually listen to one another. So we want to bring that to this space and really be open to listening to one another. Another goal is to produce a show that uh, not just educates and informs but entertains. And so, you know, um, I used to listen to All Things Considered as a kid growing up. My mother was a librarian, and uh, we used to listen to public radio on this radio in the kitchen, and I still can see it in my in my mind's eye. It had the, <laughs> it had the antenna with the, you know, piece of aluminum, aluminum foil. foil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. And that really was my first teacher, <laughs> listening to All Things Considered. She was, you know, my mother was big into uh, learning. And, and that was one way I, I did a lot of my learning through public radio and through All Things Considered. And, um, you know, one of the hosts, uh, Robert Siegel, a longtime host, he was being interviewed one time about his work as a journalist. And one of the things that he said is that uh, we we literally have rocket scientists who listen to NPR. And what we aim to do on this show, what he really said he aims to do on the show is to help people know each other. And hopefully that meets with even the rocket scientists approval. And so it really is about, um, you know, I'm not going to try to be smarter than you. And that's what he was saying. (laughs) I can't. I can't be smarter than a rocket scientist. But what I can do is I can introduce you to someone through radio. And that is what uh, is one of my goals for this show. And then the other goal is to really do a show for the news fatigued person. 
people mm-hmm. that are just so tired of the, dep- the, you know, the depressing stuff. And a lot of this stuff we need to talk about. But if you are, you know, just really fatigued with that, we have a place uh, where you can listen that will hopefully at the end of the day offer you some hope. Sorely needed right now, I think. So thank you for this show. You've brought us a little bit to listen to, yes? Yes, yes. So this is a a first look at the show or a first listen, and it is called Georgia in Play. It is, in fact, a really wonderful moment, just generally about, you know, a lot of people making great country music of various different kinds. You know, I ended up passing the Georgia Film Bill because of ATL, try, trying to get that movie shot in Georgia and not having to go shoot it in New Orleans. I'm back going hard again. I'm shutting down my heart again. No one can get next to me, so they got to put artists in. Georgia has had a very strong music industry for a long time with the hip-hop and even before that. Sit down, stay calm, and breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. So you've got some music there. You've got some wellness stories, the politics, of course, a wide range of things covered on the, on the show. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, I really like the breathe in and breathe, mm-hmm. breathe out. That is going to be uh, hopefully what people do after they listen to Georgia and play. And there's nothing better, I think, than hearing about where you live from someone who lives where you live in mm-hmm. the same state. For sure. For sure. So that's what we got. So how are you going to manage to present a balance of points of view? So, you know, I believe that talk shows really are collaborations. And, you know, while I'll bring my perspective to the table, um, we'll also hear from other, you know, producers. It'll come through me, but you'll hear from other producers, Natalie Mendenhall and Chase McGee. They're joining me in this effort. So uh, they bring different perspectives to the table. Also, our um, senior management team uh, here at GPB uh, we'll make sure that we are balanced and by bringing their perspectives to the table. And most importantly, we will constantly be asking our audience to talk back to us and to let us know what we're missing. And our audience really will be our biggest collaborator. Uh, and as you know, a public radio audience, they are not shy about talking to you <laughs> and talking sure. back to you. It's, it's, it's a great part of the job. It is. It is. And so we want that. And so that's what we will do to uh, make sure we are balanced. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, because if you're stepping away from a show that forces you to stay in a studio for several hours every morning, mm-hmm. does this mean you're going to be able to like travel the state a lot more and see parts of the state and interview people in person, which yes. is uh, something that's hard for hosts who have to be in a studio to do? Yes, yes. And I have been at GPB for nearly 11 years. In January, it'll be 11 years. Been in the in the game for over 20. And I have not gotten around the state of Georgia. I still haven't been to Savannah. And so... Wait, what? I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I have because of all that I've heard on, on Morning Edition. Right, and, right. you know, Benjamin covers uh, Savannah real well for us. But I have not been there. And so I need to get out and to see these things. Of course, I want to go home to Macon. And I call Macon home because when I first got to GPB, I was at the Bureau in, in Macon. Macon. Okay. So that I still call that home. Macon will do that to you. It'll it'll, it'll (laughs) grab a hold of you. So getting out of the studio 
and and not having to get up at you know and get to work by 4 a.m. This will give me time to get out and to meet people, and that is what we are looking forward to doing on Georgia and Play. Okay, well, Leah Fleming coming to a town near you. Let us know <laughs> if Leah should come to your town. Get in touch with us by email. The address is gip at gpb.org. That's gip at gpb.org. Leah Fleming, thank you so much for speaking with me. All right. Thank you. Leah Fleming is the host of GPB's new radio program, Georgia in Play. You can hear it on Fridays starting this Friday at 2 p.m. on the radio and at gpb.org. In sports for the sixth year in a row, the Atlanta Braves are the National League East champions. The Braves beat the Phillies last night 4-1 behind Spencer Strider's Major League-leading 17th win and Austin Riley's two-run homer. After the game, manager Brian Snitker told the team what they accomplished wasn't easy. We had a seat at the table. Now we're going to be at the head of the table. This is awesome. Congratulations. Enjoy this friggin' night, fellas. Don't ever forget how Atlanta took special satisfaction in clinching on the same Citizens Bank Park field where the Phillies eliminated them last October in the National League Division Series. The Phillies won that series 3-1, just as Atlanta won this four-game set. The Phillies lead the NL wildcard, and the teams could face each other in October. The Braves are off today as they head to Florida for a three-game set with the Marlins starting tomorrow. Bryce Elder will be on the mound for the Braves. And in soccer, will Lionel Messi play against Atlanta United? That's the question many Georgia soccer fans are asking today after paying premium prices for a chance to see the Argentine striker, one of the game's biggest stars. Messi's Major League Soccer team, Inter-Miami, is scheduled to play Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday, but on Tuesday he missed a match with his national team against Bolivia, fueling injury speculations. Online ticket resellers this afternoon showed the cheapest tickets available for the Saturday game at around $96. And that is it for this edition of Georgia Today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll hope you'll be back tomorrow. The best way to do that is to subscribe. That way we will pop up in your podcast feed automatically tomorrow afternoon. And if you want to learn more about any of the stories you heard on the podcast today, check our website, gpb.org news. And if you'd like us to report on something, or if you've got feedback on something we've already reported on, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.